things you should know right off the bat. I've had four cups of coffee. I'm a little nervous. Did I mention my name's Chadi? Yeah. Oh, this is a creative church podcast, and, well, you should know that uh, I cry in corners. True story. Fam, Chadi here. I am super stoked that you are here. Welcome to episode four of I Cry in Corners. If you're new to the podcast, I am super stoked. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, Welcome to the party. Uh, If you are a regular on this crazy journey with me, welcome back. I'm happy to know that I haven't offended you yet. Keyword yet. Today it may be the day. Um, So if you're new or a regular, um, I feel led to say and admit, honest moment, that I'm going to continue to talk a lot about love. If you've been on this journey with me these last couple of weeks, you'll know that like it's kind of like all I talk about because I just feel like it's the most important thing ever. Um, if if you can't you can't lead yourself, you can't lead others um, if you don't understand the concept of truly what love is and loving other people. And um, I kind of feel like it's my life message. I know that's weird to say, but it is. So we're best friends. I can be honest with you. And secondly, I do believe with everything that I am that you can't lead yourself or people if you don't know where you're leading them to. And love is the where. Also, you can't lead people into anything you haven't first experienced or pioneered through. So this is the goal to get you equipped, to help you understand fully that you don't need to be perfect to lead people. Nope. You don't, you actually need emotions to lead people and all the, um, internal criers and introverts just were like, thank you. High five. And number three, you have to know how to love to lead. And four is what we're talking about today. You have to embrace sacrifice to lead. Yeah. Sacrifice is kind of messy and no one really wants to talk about it because it's, it's not cool and trendy and sexy, but you know what, what we're talking about today will make or break you a lot like feelings, sacrifice un not really truly understood. Um, is just like false humility. And I'm talking about sacrifice because last episode I talked about gifting sets and, um, I don't want people to get lost in that whole, I don't know what my call is. I don't know what my gifting set is, yada, yada, yada. I want to unpack this so that you, it's like I'm building on something. So last week I said that your gifting set was not your call because your call is to love and see when you surrender your gifting sets, you become a sacrificed life and sacrificed is the goal. That's why I said in the last episode what I said, and it's also the reason why I don't like calling myself uh, a creative. Oh my gosh, yes, I'm on the creative podcast, I'm part of the network, I love Creative Church, I think they're amazing, they're my favorite people, Um, but we don't consider ourselves, like we're not tied in to, our identity's not tied in into what we create, our identity's tied in to the creator, and we just get to be part of whatever he's doing. See, I've spent a lot of years embracing titles and accolades, and dude, they got me nowhere. I mean, Jesus didn't call himself the Messiah. Can you imagine what that would have looked like if he'd have been walking around talking about, hey guys, so I'm the Messiah, follow me. He didn't do that. He didn't do that at all. He lived out love through sacrifice, and that title was enough. Sacrifice. And if I'm super honest, which I am because I've already told you all my business, and at this point, I'm pretty sure everyone thinks I'm a weirdo, whatever, I don't want people to identify me with my gifts. I want people to identify me with my gift giver. And this is the reason why. Ready? If you don't understand that who you are 
is all wrapped up in whose you are, your gifts will be king instead of Jesus. I'm going to repeat that mug because it's gangster and I have it written down everywhere. If you don't understand who you are is only wrapped up in whose you are, your gifts will be king instead of Jesus. And if you don't understand that love is what you're expressing on the earth, not your gifts, you're not here to express your gifts on the earth. You're here to express love. And you're really just called to love. And if you understand this with every fiber of your being, then you will live out surrendered, my friend. And surrendered is gangster. Surrender is awesome. But like I said, surrendered gifts become a sacrifice life and sacrificed is goals. I'm going to try to explain this. If you read my blog at all, um, you'll know that words are kind of a big deal to me. Uh, every year I ask God for a word for the year. I, I pray I, get, I pray for a word for my team. I, I'm always asking God for a strategy. He's all about strategies. And I think it was in Proverbs where it says that wisdom is found in the seeking. And I, I'm just all about like, God, I'm just going to seek you. And I just want to know what word I have to be focused on for the year. And um, 2014 was a hellacious year for me. My grandma passed away. I was in a horrible car accident. It was like... Jesus, take me now. I don't want to be here anymore. It's really not worth it. It was one of the worst years of my life. It really was. I like to call it the unraveling. It's kind of where God began to unpack all the things that I'm unpacking to you now in the worst season of my life. And see, in 2015, I, I started to pray, God, I can't do this anymore. I need a strategy because I, can't, I won't survive another year like this. And God dropped in my soul the word restore. And he said, Chadi, I'm going to restore the things that have been lost to you. And I spent the next year watching God build upon and restore broken things. It was a monster year. I watched God breathe life back into my spirit and my dreams. And in 2016, I said, okay, God, let's do this again. Give me a word. And he gave me a word. And then about 20 minutes before the New Year's ball dropped, he said, I'm going to change your word and I'm 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 going to change it to listen. And so in 2015, God began to restore things to my life. But in 2016, he taught me how to listen and not listen audibly, but with a true understanding that deep was calling to deep. And I was on the other end of the call. He taught me the importance of being in a constant awareness that he was always speaking. And I needed to be in tune to his still small voice at all times. So in 2017, I started to pray again, God, give me a word for the year. And the word he gave me was here. He dropped it into my hands and I began to unpack what truly living in the here and now meant and what it looked like. See, I never lived in the here and now. I always lived in the next. And God was like, I can't teach you how to love people if you can't love people here. And I grasped this one pretty fast as I just, I, I, I just wanted to learn what that he meant by that. And, and because God has joked six months into 2016 or 2017, when he dropped that word in my heart, he said, you know what? I'm going to change your word, Chadi. I want you to learn how to sacrifice. I'll be honest with you, it kind of pissed me off. Yes, I can say pissed off at Jesus because Jesus is bigger than my crazy words. So um, you has anyone ever been pissed off at Jesus? Just me? Okay, whatever. You guys are better Christians than me. Whatever. I don't care. Look, I have there have been moments in my life where I'm like, Jesus, I don't know where you are right now. It's as if you are not listening and you have abandoned ship. And during this last six months of 2017, I thought God had jumped off a bridge because he was telling me to sacrifice. And I'm on staff at one of the greatest churches in the nation. And I'm a professional Christian and I love you. And I've sacrificed my youth to you. And I've given you my life and my marriage and everything that I am. And you're asking me to sacrifice. Homie, I sacrificed. 
I spent the whole year relinquishing my pride and believing that perhaps my constant need for excellence was clouding something God needed me to surrender. And I kept saying, God, I'm surrendered. God, I'm surrendered. And I struggled with this word as I felt incredibly surrendered. But God, in his peace and in his sovereignty, and because he loves me, he said, Chadi, you're surrendered, but you're not sacrificed. Why am I emotional? I'm already crying, guys. I'm only like eight minutes into this podcast. He said, Chadi, go Google what surrender and sacrifice means. And so surrender, I Googled it. It says to cease the resistance to an enemy or opponent and submit to their authority. And so he's like, resistance to an enemy. Remember that. I said, okay. So then he goes, go to sacrifice, Google that. I said, okay, an act of slaughtering an animal or person or surrendering a possession as an offering to God. He said, offering to God, remember that. I said, okay. So I wrote him down and I highlighted him. He said, Chadi, surrender tends to focus on the enemy, yet sacrifice is focused on me. You've been focused on the enemy. You've been doing all these things, surrendering your life because, because you're focused on what the enemy can do with them. But if you would just focus on me, your life would be sacrificed. See, I thought because I'd surrendered my life to God, I had truly sacrificed everything to God. But alas, God began to show me that I might know love is the goal, but I'd miss the how to live it out completely. I couldn't lead people in love. I didn't even know how to do it because I had hidden all these things within me and I I had surrendered all the things I thought needed to be surrendered, but I hadn't truly sacrificed myself. Isn't that crazy to say that? I was 35 years old and I, I thought I truly knew what sacrificing my life to God was. Sacrifice meant laying myself on the altar for all to see. It meant admitting that I had broken parts. It admitted that I wasn't the greatest leader and I wasn't ready for that. See, I was great at surrender. See, surrender says I give up, take my life, you can have it. Ah. But sacrifice says I give in, I gladly give you my life. It's doing it with a, a sense of rejoicing. But I was so full of pride You know, surrender says, I can't do it, you do it. So I was just like, you do it, God, you just do it. But sacrifice says, I can't do it. I want you to teach me how. But again, I had lived my life and my identity filled in my gifting set that pride had set in again. So here I was living out surrender, but not being sacrificed. You know, surrender says, I give in, take control. Look, I give in, just take it, just take it. Think of the attitude towards that. Sacrifice says, I let go. I relinquish control. So it was my heart attitude this whole time. But I realized when I started to realize that I really was just called to love and it's like all that I had triumphed and all of that I had attained and all these leadership roles that I was standing in didn't matter. And God was asking me to just lay my heart and my gifts at the altar of my pride so he could truly use me. And it was in that season that God began to say, Chadi, your surrender is great, but sacrifice is what impacts eternity. Jesus on the cross impacted eternity. That's sacrifice. See, sacrifice looks a whole like, a whole, oh my gosh, it looks like brokenness and vulnerability and crying in front of a microphone and being okay with not having all the answers and saying I'm sorry when you lead your team into a dead end. So that's why you have to embrace your bo- your broken parts because brokenness doesn't count you out. It actually 
You can't give away what hasn't first been blessed and broken. Like brokenness doesn't count you out. God wants you to live sacrificed. You can't lead people. You can't, you can't even lead yourself if you don't truly understand what it looks like to lead sacrificially. And see, I couldn't do that because I couldn't even admit that I was broken. I grew up in a spiritual climate that said if you were broken, you couldn't lead. You had to be whole. You had to be righteous. And brokenness, no matter in which form you experienced, it would banish you to like these undesirables and you would be in this group until you were no longer deemed broken. See, moral failures were met with a public form and a verbal flogging and my inexperience was mistaken for the lack of the Holy Spirit and so it taught me to hide my brokenness. And when I started leading people, I tried to hide it even more. I hid my secrets and my darkness underneath my gifting and my sarcasm and my jokes. And instead of surrendering my imperfections and living a life of sacrifice, I became a master of hiding my brokenness. See, great leaders, the best leaders don't hide their broken. They surrender it. Great leaders, the best leaders don't hide their broken. They surrender it. I'm going to say it again that great leaders, the best leaders don't hide their broken. They surrender it. And it's because they know the enemy will try to use it and they sacrifice it on the altar of pride. So God can move them towards wholeness. Wholeness is not a destination. My friend, it's a daily dying. Funny thing is God has always used the broken. So I don't know why I've always run from it. You can't even get to wholeness without first accepting that you're broken and in need of a savior. And that is where true freedom resides in the vulnerable, in the messy. I only share this because I'm certain there are people who read my posts and who listen to my podcast and who follow me on social media that feel unworthy to step into God, God, all God has for them because they're broken pieces of their life. Um, They perceive them as a setback. Someone out there who's listening right now thinks they're a bad parent a bad leader, a bad friend, a bad Christian, a bad daughter or son. And it's because of your broken pieces. But I'm here to tell you today that God uses the broken. And in Matthew 14, Jesus fed the 5,000. I'm not going to read the story to you. I'm just going to give it to you in a a quick summary. Because something jumped out to me as I began to study the difference between surrender and sacrifice and realizing that I didn't really live my life sacrificially. I couldn't lead people sacrificially. I couldn't love people sacrificially because I didn't embrace my broken. And it led me to this story. Let me just give you the context. We find Jesus sad because John the Baptist has been murdered. And when Jesus heard this, he sought a quiet place to seek his father. He went and found himself a corner. Look, if you're not seeking God in your brokenness, you're not broken, you're disobedient. It's okay to be broken, but if you're not seeking God in your brokenness, then you're just being disobedient and you're just leading out however you want to lead. Wisdom is found in the seeking, not the moping around, not being the sad bear. Jesus, his his cousin, okay, was murdered and he heard this and went and found the father. He wasn't, he wasn't, he, he, I can't, I can't even imagine that feeling. So here's Jesus. He went and found a corner for the millionth time throughout the Bible. And then the multitudes heard this. I'm going to believe that they heard what Jesus heard. And um, then they immediately sought after Jesus. And the disciples heard it and missed the whole friggin' moment because the disciples, I can't even talk about how ridiculous they are. They spent the whole time complaining and wanting the people to leave as dinner was coming up on them. And they were just focused on the flesh and focused on whatever they wanted to be focused on. But Jesus, 
because he lived a life of sacrifice to his move to compassion. See, when you're living a life of sacrifice, your grief surrenders you to the Father and whatever the Father wants. Your loss met with surrender focuses on the Father. Your brokenness met with surrender pushes you towards the Father. It's like you're living this life of sacrifice in such a way that it removes you from your circumstance and positions your eyes and makes you compassionate towards others. And then Jesus, gangster, love him. He's my favorite person in the entire world. He does what only he can do and he takes the little and he holds it and he thanks God for it. He blesses it, he breaks it, and then he gives it away. So here's Jesus. He was sad. His disciples missed the entire moment. He's he's surrounded by people, but he sacrificed in such a way, he surrendered in such a way that he takes the only thing that he has and he blesses it, he breaks it, and he gives it away. It takes a lot of self-awareness to be able to ask if there's any bread around, if there's any fish around knowing that he didn't have it. It takes a lot of know-how and focused on other people to be able to do that in a moment where someone you love very much, you've lost them. Recap. Brokenness doesn't count you out. It sets you up. Jesus knew that. You can't give away what hasn't first been blessed and broken. And we find that Jesus in this story, he, bre- he breaks it before he gives it away. He breaks it before he gives it away. It's okay to have a moment of brokenness, keyword moment. God can use you there, but there is a choice right in the beginning of the moment where you have to choose to view the moment as an opportunity for God to use you to give a miracle away. See, all those seasons where I didn't want people to know I was broken, I was missing out on the miracle God wanted to do. He wants you to live out love through sacrifice and that will impact people, but you only can do it when you truly understand your brokenness so he can give it away. So practically speaking, that means that you do what Jesus did and no matter what you're dealing with, you focus on living a life that's sacrificed and you're compassionate for people and you invest in people even when it's uncomfortable for you. You invest in people even when they don't like you. You invest in people even when you're not going to get the return. Not everyone you lead, not everyone you encounter will love you and that's okay as iron sharpens iron. And look, that's, I don't consider that just like, oh, my friends sharpen me. No, I have everyone I encounter sharpens me. And I, and I live in such a way that when I'm encountering people, whether it's easy or whether it's hard, I allow it to sharpen me. Another thing, practically speaking, is it, it means that you live and lead humbly. Not in a false way, but in a way that you already know that you don't need to be the best. You don't need to know the most because being a good leader means you're not a lid on everyone else. So that means giving up the best projects to a kid that you know might be better than you at it. Because the reality is, is when you live sacrificially and you, and you lead sacrificially, you don't become the lid on people. You give other people a chance to step up and step into everything God's calling them to. That's, the, that's, that's what leaders do. They invest in people even when it's hard. They lead where they're not a lid. You know, being a great leader doesn't mean you know the most. It means that you've sacrificed and you've surrendered the most. That's what being a good leader is. And thirdly, that means embracing your broken parts. Being compassionate, invest in everyone. 
be a person of love like Jesus and lead in such a way that you're constantly allowing yourself to give. But then you got to give what you know has been broken and embrace your broken parts. Your success may inspire people, but your failures, my friend, will teach people. So embrace the vulnerable moments of learning to live sacrifice to love. Embrace the broken, messy unravelings that you may not understand as you walk this out. That's how you do it. You love compassionately. You invest in everyone. You lead in such a way that pushes others forward and you embrace the messy, broken parts. But something you can be absolutely certain of, if you're especially one of those type A people uh, like me, this is going to feel messy and kind of scary. Vulnerability is scary. Putting yourself out there is scary. Um, and it and it's messy oh, and it's full of tears and... But Jesus, Jesus on the cross, what Jesus did for us, how he impacted eternity, how he impacted the temple, it was messy too. Jesus' heart cry for people and for his father made him vulnerable to attack and gossip and betrayal and putting yourself out there, it could put you in the same things. Not everybody's going to understand what it looks like to lead like this. You know, it says, you know, great leaders are like, they're, you know, all these things about great leaders, all this stuff that I hear. And I'm just like, I don't know if I can lead like that. And it, I struggled so hard to try to fit the mold of how to lead like these people that I look up to. And finally, I felt like Jesus was like, just lead, lead how I tell you how to lead. And this is what it looks like. Just being a person who can steward their emotions well, being a person who understands that love is the goal, being a person that practically speaking can invest in people that even, even when it's hard, that can lead humbly, even when your pride just wants to scream something else and then, and a person that can just embrace their broken parts. Look, the cross is messy. Jesus did it and he killed it. And the goal is people. And if you can do this and you can embrace vulnerability and you can embrace living sacrificially and understanding that your life is really meant to be a transparent so other people can see Jesus, you'll, you'll, you'll meet the goal, which is to impact people. Look, for others to see Jesus in you and through you, you have to allow God to walk you through transparency. This will feel like a breaking. This will feel like unraveling. It's only when you're functioning from a place of pure vulnerability, of authenticity, that people will see Jesus fully and they'll feel his presence and they'll encounter his love and they'll step into alignment of their purpose and everything that God's called them to. Yes, you have the ability to live sacrificed, my friend. You can do this. You can do this in such a way that you are a window to the love of Jesus, the love of the Father, the comfort of the Holy Spirit for others. You can do this. Now, I have to be totally honest. God breaks what he deploys, like he broke the bread and then he gave it away. So if you want God to use your life, you got to be okay with being a little broken. Have I totally mastered this? Nope. I still need to sacrifice some things like worry, like eating my feelings. <laughs> but God will meet me here. God always meets me here in a place of true transparency. <laughs> Look. I have a sense that living your life in a place of sacrifice might scare you, but don't be scared. Even Jesus experienced moments that were messy and vulnerable and that were out in the open. So whatever it is that you're holding on to, just let it go. Your lack doesn't mean you're weak, my friend. It just means you're human. And God needs servants who will embrace their imperfections to help lead his people back to all he is. And all he is is love. So be encouraged. You got this. 
You've got this. All right. This is me giving you a digital high five and an awkward hug and saying, uh, just be encouraged, man. You don't have to be the best person in the world to be a good leader. You've just got to know that you're broken and that God's love can cover it all. That's all that matters in the end. So just love people and God will fill the gaps. He always does. All right. That's all I got. (laughs) Love you, weirdos. Talk to you soon.